0: Focus on Headline. All right, let's take a look at what major issues are making the headlines today on Focus on Headline. For this, joining us in the studio today, we have our Friday reporters in Chang'an and uh, Hong seung Young. Guys, welcome back. Good, Good evening. Good evening to you guys. We've been talking about this all this week. President Yoon's four-day state visit to the Netherlands. President Yoon having returned home on this Friday Hannah, you're going to start us off with the latest news. Uh, President Yun coming back on that uh First-ever state visit by a South Korean president to a European nation, what do you have for us? Uh,
1: that's right. Now, President Yoon and First Lady Kim Gani arrived at Seoul Air Base in Songnam earlier in the day on the presidential plane. And Yoon visited the European country on Monday along with First Lady to become the first South Korean president to make a state visit since diplomatic ties were established in 1961. And during the trip, he visited the headquarters of Semiconductor Manufacturing Machinery Powerhouse, ASS- and held summit talks with Dutch Prime Minister, issuing a joint statement announcing that the two nations have agreed to forge a semiconductor alliance. And upon arrival, the president plans to receive reports and take care of pending state affairs. Following the resignation of Kim ki during the president's state visit to the Netherlands, attention turned to the conversation between Yoon and the acting president. And not much was said except for Yoon's encouraging words, you've done a great job. And in the afternoon, Yoon will meet with Christine Lagarde, the managing director of the IMF, at the Yongsan presidential office.
0: Of course, a lot of uh, state affairs ahead, and uh, we've been talking about uh, now less than four months until the general elections, and will the ruling party uh, be able to take over the National Assembly? A lot of role on uh, President Yoon in regards to that as well. Uh, nevertheless, Kim Tae-ho, he is, of course, South Korea's presidential se- uh, National Security Office official. Uh, He said on Thursday that there is a possibility that North Korea might be launching an intercontinental ballistic missile uh, sometime this month. Uh, The statement is coming as he arrived in Washington for a high-profile security meeting with his U.S. counterpart. Uh, sing let's get more on this.
2: Sure. So the remarks were delivered by Kim Tae-hyo, principal deputy national security advisor, upon his arrival in Washington on the eve of the second meeting of the Nuclear Consultative Group, or NCG, a South Korea-U.S. security forum aimed to examine nuclear and strategic planning concerns. Now, the NCG was founded under the Washington Declaration which President Yoon Suk-yeol and U.S. President Joe Biden signed in April as part of measures to boost the credibility of extended deterrence. So Kim Taehyung and U.S. National Security Council Coordinator for Indo-Pacific Affairs Kurt Campbell and NCS and uh, sorry NSC Coordinator for Defense Policy and Arms Control Kara Abercrombie chaired the initial session in Seoul in July. And while Kim tae told reporters that he believes North Korea will launch an ICBM this December, he did not elaborate on what intelligence led him to believe so. Also, when asked if North Korea's spy satellite launch last month will be discussed during the NCG session, Kim stated that a ballistic missile based on ICBM technology is a topic of extended deterrence talks between Seoul and Washington. Now, South, South Korea and the United States believe that North's satellite launch violated multiple U.N. Security Council resolutions by employing ICBM capability, and the pledge of the United States to use the full spectrum of its military capabilities, including nuclear weapons, to defend its ally is referred to as extended deterrence. So Kim said whether the ballistic missile is long or short, If a nuclear weapon is loaded onto it, it becomes a nuclear threat and is a nuclear attack against us. Also, Kim added that there have been concrete outcomes when it comes to intelligence sharing, joint planning and joint execution, referring to to the allies' nuclear deterrence efforts. He also stated that following the NCG meeting, the defense authorities of the two countries may take charge of working-level NCG efforts.
0: Now, remember, uh, North Korea has been firing ballistic missiles uh, at a record pace over the past few uh, years now, and uh, there's messages behind which type of uh, depending on which type of ballistic missiles they use. If they use intercontinental ballistic missiles or intermediate range ballistic missiles. So you're usually a, a message towards the United States whereas a short range ballistic missile would be a message towards South Korea and Japan. And so the fact that maybe, I don't know again where Kim Taeho has got this source from, but mm-hmm. uh, signs that if they do test fire in ICBM, uh, should be a message towards the United States. But Remember the the, the satellite launch, the big issue with that is number one, the ballistic missile technology that they've used and not necessarily the fact that they have now spy satellite uh, technology, but the fact that they could probably improve their ballistic missile technology using the technology that they have for the uh, reconnaissance satellite. So that's one thing that they're looking at, whether or not they'll be able to improve their ballistic missile technology. So we'll keep a close eye on this and whether or not the launch does happen this year. In the meantime, the U.S. Department of Defense on Thursday local time reaffirming its policy of launching a real-time missile warning data sharing system between the U.S., South Korea and Japan within this year, and that uh, it is working towards that end. Hannah, uh, let's get more on this.
1: Sure. Now, in the landmark Camp David summit among the leaders in August, the three countries agreed to operationalize the trilateral real-time system by the end of this year in a sign of their growing security coordination against Pyongyang's evolving nuclear and missile threats. And on Wednesday, Mira Rapp Hooper, the U.S. National Security Council's senior director for East Asia and Oceania said the plan is on track and that the trilateral system is expected to be operational within the next few days. Previously, the U.S. and South Korean leaders agreed to step up cooperation against North Korea's nuclear and missile threats, including this one at the Camp David summit in August. Now, North Korea has reacted strongly to the move by the U.S. and South Korea. In a six-page article titled, Playing with Information Sharing Aimed at Preemptive Strike, the Labor Party's official newspaper, Rodong Sinmun, <coughs> condemned the U.S.-led three-party missile warning information sharing system and said the trilateral sharing of missile warning data led by the U.S. is an extremely dangerous military act that is clearly aimed at pushing the regional political situation into a more intimidating confrontation. Now, The newspaper claimed the system is a pretext for lighting the fuse of a war to invade the North and to suppress surrounding countries in an apparent reference to China and Russia. South Korea's unification ministry in charge of inter-Korean affairs deplored the uh, criticism by Pyongyang. The ministry said Pyongyang's increasingly frequent criticism of South Korea in the Rodong Sinmun may be an attempt to arouse a sense of animosity against the South. And in a separate article, the Rodong Sinmun touted the launch of a military spy satellite and a submarine capable of carrying out an underwater nuclear attack at its biggest fears uh, feats of the year. North Korea launched its first military reconnaissance satellite in November after two failed attempts. In September, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un attended a commissioning ceremony of a tactical nuclear attack submarine. And um, it says that a new chapter has unfolded in strengthening national power this year, which is what the newspaper for the North domestic audience said. Now the newspaper also mentioned its growing cooperation with Russia and the ongoing construction of residential flats in Pyongyang as major accomplishments.
0: That's how upset they were. They had a six page newspaper Mm -hmm. article Mm -hmm. on why information sharing of missile data is a bad thing Mm -hmm. and why it's provoking North Korea. But this could be one of the reasons for why Kim Tao said that uh, North Korea could be testing or firing an intercontinental ballistic missile as soon as because if you're they're going to be finalizing this missile sharing system by the end of this month mm-hmm. right which means end of this year right. Right. it's in December that means North Korea as, they, as soon as they find out that there's some sort of system put in place that they're going to obviously respond with a missile provocation as we've seen uh, over the past many many years. Let's move on to some issues regarding the economy here. I get some uh, optimistic news. The finance ministry saying on Friday that the Korean economy is showing indications of a steady recovery. This led by a revival in the manufacturing sector, particularly led by uh, semiconductors. Uh, So, let's get more on this.
2: Sure. So, it was the government's second mention of a recovery in its monthly economic assessment report, the Green Book. Now, the Ministry of Economy and Finance stated in the report that recently, the South Korean economy has been gradually showing signs of recovery, owing to improvements in manufacturing sector, production and exports, including semiconductors. The finance ministry also stated that the country's inflation had recently slowed. So consumer prices, a key indicator of inflation, was up 3.3 percent year-on-year in November compared to a 3.8 percent year-on-year increase the previous month. And according to the report, externally, there is a mix of hope over the recovery of the IT industry and the slowing momentum of rebound globally and the Russia-Ukraine war and instability in the Middle East poses geopolitical risks and may disrupt the supply chain. Now, the ministry stated that it intends to continue prioritizing inflation control and expanding measures to reinvigorate exports. So South Korean exports increased 7.8% in November for the second month in a row, thanks to increased demand for semiconductors. Also, chip exports increased uh, 12.9% year-on-year in November to $9.52 billion, resuming for the first time since August 2022.
0: Really concerning statistics coming out. It's uh, end of the year, which means uh, Statistics Korea, they're going to be releasing a whole lot of uh, numbers and uh, reports regarding the South Korean uh, society and so forth. Uh, The Social Trends 2023 report, uh, and I believe over the past few days now, they've been releasing different numbers related to the South Korean society. Mm -hmm. Uh, This sort of forecast is quite grim, to say the least. Right now, South Korea is Uh, current population stands around 51.6 million Uh, Mm -hmm. it's expected to decline significantly this to 36.2 million by the year 2072 uh, this, of course, because of the critically low birth rates. Hannah, uh, let's get the latest figures on this.
1: Sure. Now, according to the biannual uh, report released by state-run Statistics Korea, the portion of seniors aged 65 and above in the population, which came to 17.4% in 2022, is expected to soar to 47.7% in 2072. Regarding population growth, the agency predicted an annual fall of zero. for a decade starting in 2025, eventually accelerating to a 1.31% decline by 2072. The gloomy outlook came as the country's fertility rate, which is the number of children expected to be born to a woman over her lifetime, hit a record low of 0.78 in 2022, hovering far below other major countries. And it was much lower than the replacement level of 2.1, which would keep South Korea's population stable at the 50 million level now the agency projects a decline in the number of newborns which amounted to 250,000 in 2022 to decrease to 220,000 in 2025 and further drop to 160,000 by 2072 Now, accordingly the number of seniors per 100 South Koreans aged from 15 to 64 was expected to increase to 150 four in 2072 marking a substantial rise from the 24 recorded last year now the number of people in the working age group was expected to fall by 3.32 million over a decade starting in 2022 while that of seniors was expected to rise by 4.85 million
0: you know the uh, the figure 36.2 million Mm -hmm. uh, this figure i think was last seen back in 1977 when it was a completely different korea but uh you know, we talk about the low birth rates, but uh, there, there was another uh, report that was, again, released by Statistics Korea at that time of the year. Uh, they were saying more and more young people are finding it unnecessary to get married. So it's not even right. about kids anymore. They just don't want to get married. And she said uh, the large chunk of people who don't want to get married are women in their 30s, followed by women in their 20s. And then
1: the, oh, interesting,
0: the interesting thing is the men actually are find it more necessary to get married than women. Mm-hmm. But it takes two to mm-hmm. tango, right? So right. It, women don't want to get married but what the, the interesting thing that has come out is that despite uh, the numbers for people who find uh, marriage necessary going down they find that it's uh, they're more open to living together oh. so like not getting married right and then one of the things that they said was because getting married because talk just cost too much was mm. what this i don't know what they're talking about getting married <laughs> doesn't get you know cost a whole lot it's just people want to get married in hotels and stuff like that. That's why it costs so much. Uh, Let's talk about other things here. We've talked about uh, Kristalina uh, Girogaiba, of course, the managing director of the International Monetary Fund, being here in Korea. Uh, Here, she urged the globe uh, on the on Thursday to establish a clear rules and in solid infrastructure to prevent the risks of crypto assets, saying that cryptocurrencies might actually eventually threaten macro financial stability. So, again, what is she talking about? Tell us more about this.
2: Sure. So, Kristalina Georgieva said at an international conference in Seoul on digital money, titled Digital Money Navigating a Changing Financial Landscape on Thursday, that our goal is to make a more efficient, interoperable, and accessible financial system. By by providing rules to avoid the risk of crypto and infrastructure by leveraging some of its technologies. So uh, at the two-day conference, co-hosted by the IMF, the Finance Ministry, and the Bank of Korea, participants discussed digital money measures such as legislation and infrastructure, as well as the central bank digital currency, which concluded on Friday. Now, the IMF chief admitted that the widespread adoption of crypto assets could jeopardize macrofinancial stability by limiting monetary policy transmission, capital flow management measures, and fiscal sustainability. And Gergieva went on to say that crypto could undermine fiscal sustainability if tax collection became uh, volatile or more difficult to enforce, and that is a future uh, we all want to avoid. So despite these concerns, she believes that digital money has become popular and requires legitimate and consistent norms, such as legal foundations for anti-money laundering and taxation, as well as credibility and adequate infrastructure. Uh, she said, "Good rules and, uh, can spur and guide innovation. For instance, banks uh, are explore, exploring new uh, tra- trading infrastructure using blockchain technology, refined and popularized by crypto boom. They hope to cut costs and boost speed for trillions of dollars of daily asset transactions, and to broaden financial access to those currently content with low-yielding deposit accounts."
0: Again, the governments are always going to be against cryptocurrency. I mean, there's only been like one country that really wanted to make, uh, what is it, Bitcoin legal tender, right? Uh, El Mm. Salvador uh, kind of pushed for that. The president there, and uh, they failed miserably because, I mean, the, the prices of... Bitcoin plummeted as soon as, uh, you know, he tried to make uh, Bitcoin a, a legal tender in the country. Of course, it's come up now, but because of the high volatility, uh, it's going to be very tough for this to be cryptocurrency, to be a legal tender for all the countries around the world. Uh, in the meantime, Seoul's finance minister Chu young ho also stated that despite a number of hurdles, the move to uh, digital uh, digital currency is going to be inevitable and that their goal is to establish set of policy rules, uh, tools that not only support economic growth and the financial uh, uh, innovation, but also ensure real uh, reliability and stability as well. A lot of illities here. Uh, so again, <laughs> what other remarks did the ministers make in regards to this?
2: So chukyung mentioned that in order to keep up with digital innovation, each country and global institution must remain agile, focusing on ways to build public trust and stability on top of the comfort and efficiency given by the digital currency. Now, Minister Chu went on to say that finally setting up global standards, through close co- collaboration with governments and international bodies is essential, especially considering that digital money knows no bo- borders. Also, on Thursday, Georgieva attended a session on women's empowerment called Women Corporate Directors' Korea Chapter. She believes that empowering women can lead to higher salaries and stronger businesses, citing IMF research that shows with a of right policies to reduce the gender gap and number of hours worked to the average across peer countries korea could increase a per capita income by 18 percent
0: let's move on to other issues the u.s government having to release a preliminary guidance for the inflation reduction act's advanced manufacturing production credit uh, hannah tell us more about this
1: sure now, In response to the IRA, the government expected South Korean companies which have built large-scale production facilities in the U.S. for products such as secondary batteries and solar to benefit. Now, According to the Ministry of Trade, Industry and Energy, the U.S. Department of the Treasury released guidelines on the AMPC, the Advanced Manufacturing Production Credit, under the IRA on Thursday local time, including details on targeted items and when and how it can be applied. Now The IRA al- already has specific tax credits in the bill for key items such as batteries, solar, wind, and critical minerals. And as such, the AMPC guideline was less contentious than other issues such as foreign entities of concern. Now The U.S. Department of Commerce hopes that the guidance will provide more detail on the definition of items subject to the AMPC, the circumstances under which it applies, and other details that will resolve uncertainties for U.S. U.S.-based Korean companies. Now, the ministry said that in particular our battery, solar, and wind companies that have established production facilities in the U.S. to serve the North Korean market are expected to benefit greatly. AMPC is applied when a product utilizing advanced manufacturing techniques is manufactured in the United States and sold in the U.S. market. Now, the credit uh, uh, applies from this year through 2032, and eligible items include battery components. Components, solar and wind power components and key minerals as well in the secondary battery sector where Korean companies are expected to benefit the most the tax credit is $5 per kilowatt hour for cells and $10 per kilowatt hour for modules the Ministry of uh, Industry Uh, Trade industry and energy said that we have been in consultation with the U.S. government to ensure that our industry's views on IRAs are taken into account and we will continue to strengthen communication with the industry and engage in dialogue with the U.S. government to maximize the benefits and minimize the burden on our businesses.
0: Speaking of the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, when uh, the U.S. initially passed that law, one of the things that it was really targeting was a lot of the electric vehicles manufactured by South Korean automobiles. And one of the things that you'll see is that as slowly the society, the global society is transitioning from gasoline cars to EVs, there is this competition right now uh, amongst countries, and the IRA was kind of, one of those things and now not only the United States but you're also seeing other countries try to kind of push away Korean automakers with their uh, electric vehicles because South Korea's industry ministry on Friday said that it's gonna be now asking the French government to review its EV subsidy policy in order to include Kia's Nero. Uh, this after France announced intentions to provide subsidies for EVs that achieve the requisites uh, environmental score while excluding vehicles with a high carbon footprint from its program Singen, uh, what what's what's this all
2: about? Also, the list of automobiles eligible for subsidies was primarily European, with Hyundai Motors Kona being the sole South Korean model included. Now, France changed its policy to provide subsidies based on carbon emissions or environmental scores in the entire process of electric vehicle production to transportation. So the score is calculated by adding up the carbon emissions of six uh, sectors including steel, aluminum. raw materials, batteries, assembly, and transportation. Subsidies are provided only to electric vehicles that score at least 60 points out of 80. Now the problem is that the coefficients applied to calculate carbon emissions differ by region and the maritime transportation carbon emissions factor is included putting cars produced in asia which are geographically far away from european soil at a disadvantage for this reason some analyze that the fundamental uh, fundamental purpose is to exclude china china chinese made electric vehicles from subsidies and the reason hyundai kona was the only one eligible for subsidies is interpreted to be because the vehicle was produced in the Czech Republic and did not lose points in the transportation sector. On the other hand, the Kia's Niro, which is manufactured in South Korea, was not on the list, rendering it ineligible for incentives for vehicles sold after Saturday. So the Ministry of Trade, Industry and Energy intends to collaborate uh, with local industry and file an official complaint so that the Niro, which was excluded from the list, is reassessed.
0: By the way, Kono is not one of the more popular Electric vehicles in Europe, uh, Nero is right, oh. and uh, even in Korea. Yeah, even in Korea, so it, it doesn't really work out. And but I guess in the long term, though, that the right so. That's the thing about the the drawbacks of the EV is how green is it really when you're producing Mm. these batteries, it requires a whole lot of carbon usage right And Mm. So like, is it really green? Uh, Also, you talked about the the, the shipping, although shipping, I think that could be resolved really quickly because South Korea is amongst the powerhouse uh, when it comes to LNG shipping and LNG. It's liquefied natural gas. It's, it's, mm. it's much greener than some of the other shipping methods. So if they could kind of go about doing that, then maybe they'll be able to pass this. But uh, again, this is one of those ways to kind of cut off competition and try to get people to uh, buy domestic cars. Uh, and uh, South Korea kind of has their own little regulations on that uh in the meantime the european union confirming on thursday that agreed to that they agreed to open eu membership talks with ukraine this was move this move was hailed as victory by the country's president vladimir zelensky but not so easy Mm. the way this pans out here hannah let's get the details of this
1: Sure. Now, Charles Michel, the uh, president of the EU Council, announced on his ex-account on Thursday that it would open accession negotiations with Ukraine and Moldova and had granted candidate status to Georgia. Michel said the move was a clear signal of hope for their people and our continent. He then visited the press room at the EU headquarters, calling it a historic moment and a demonstration of the EU's credibility and strength. Now, today's uh, decision by EU leaders follows a recommendation by the commission, the EU's executive arm, last month to open negotiations with Ukraine and Moldova. It actually has been one year and 10 months since Ukraine submitted its application for membership, which took place on February 28 last year, just four days after the Russian invasion. In particular, the surprise consensus was actually unexpected. That's why it's called surprise. Now, the decision to open EU accession talks requires a unanimous vote Vote of the 27 member states, and with Hungarian Prime Minister Orban threatening to use his veto to the fullest, the consensus was widely expected to be elusive. However, an EU source said that Mr. Orban left the room briefly during the vote with his prior consent, and the unanimity was achieved with only the leaders of the other 26 countries in the room, excluding Hungary. Now, In a post on his Facebook account shortly after Michel's announcement, Orban also signaled his absence. Abstention, saying Hungary does not want to be uh, a part of this wrong decision. Now, the decision brings Ukraine one step closer to the EU fence about a year and a half after it was granted EU candidate status in June of last year. Now, this is a pivotal moment for Ukraine, especially as it comes amid recent concerns that Western solidarity is waning. And uh, it says that this is a victory for Ukraine, a victory for all of Europe, a victory that motivates, inspires, and strengthens. This was posted on X by Zelensky following the announcement. He also said that history is made by those who don't get tired of fighting for freedom. Now, The announcement by the European Council comes nearly two years after the bloc accepted Ukraine as a candidate state, uh, though Ukraine has held ambitions to join the EU for more than a decade. It sends a strong message to Russian President Putin following concerns that the West had lost interest in supporting Kyiv in its fight against Moscow's invading forces. However, European leaders uh, were unable to sign off on a multi-billion-dollar financial aid package for Ukraine after Hungary was the sole nation to voice opposition, according to Dutch Prime Minister Rutte.
0: So different, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ukraine joining the EU and them joining NATO is a two different kind of issue right. here. I think NATO is a it's a security alliance. So and so that that's a, a bigger thing where if. It's going to be harder to join. Let's just put it this way: It's going to be harder to join NATO mm-hmm. than it's going to be hard uh, than to join the European Union. Mm-hmm. But still, though, even though there was sort of a unanimous vote on this, uh, Ukraine becoming a full member of the European Union sometime soon, despite the passing of. the that's not something that's going to come easily, right?
1: Mm, not really. Well, the EU accession process typically uh, typically takes place in four stages, and today's decision to open negotiations is actually the first step. Now, the EU and Ukraine must then establish uh, a negotiation framework that sets out how accession talks will proceed based on a proposal from the European Commission. And the negotiating framework uh, will also need to be agreed by the 27 EU uh, member states. However, as the Commission's recommendation to Ukraine for membership talks was predicted. Uh, predicated on Ukraine's completion of the remaining reforms, the implementation of the uh, reforms must be assessed as 100 percent complete before discussions on the negotiating framework can begin. And the joint statement adopted on the same day also called for the EU to adopt a negotiation framework discussion once the measures contained in the Commission recommendations are implemented. Once full-scale negotiations are underway based on this agreed framework, accession will be finalized By ratification by all existing member states FYI for Croatia the last country to join the EU it actually took 10 years from application to final approval in 2013 and in addition to opening talks with Ukraine and Moldova EU leaders also decided to grant Georgia candidate status on the same day for Bosnia and Herzegovina it was agreed to open accession negotiations once the necessary reforms were completed meanwhile the European Union has tentatively agreed to impose additional sanctions on Russia for its invasion of Ukraine on, um, on the 14th local time and according to Reuters Bloomberg and others the- 27 EU member states announced the 12th round of Russian sanctions in a statement during a summit in Brussels, uh, Belgium. Now, the sanctions included a ban on imports of diamonds from Russia to cut off Russia's war chest and a cap on Russia, uh, Russian crude oil prices at $60 per barrel to make it more efficient. Now The agreement comes as the war in Ukraine has dragged on, causing disagreement in the uh, West, including the U.S., over the military aid it has been providing.
0: So it gets interesting with the the, the war now in Ukraine because uh, Putin came out, I think, in his uh, televised speech, his end of the year televised speech, saying that uh, the support for Ukraine, uh, the Western support for Ukraine is drying out right now. But if the EU decides that they're going to eventually welcome uh, Ukraine uh, into their bloc, it might change things. But although you have to now take into consideration the United States, uh, you also have to take into consideration next year's presidential election. If, let's say, Trump ends up winning uh, the presidential election, uh, which polls show that it's highly possible, the first thing he's probably going to do is pull out of any kind of support for ukraine and so then uh, vladimir zelensky loses a, a huge support chunk of the support that they were getting from the united states I so it seems like right now russia is playing a waiting game here and time is kind of on their hand although it seems like they're uh, they've lost a whole lot of troops uh, during this uh, uh, almost two years of the war in ukraine Let's moving uh, moving on here. We're gonna come back to the country. I've uh, been, I think, one of the the key topics that everyone's been talking about for the uh, past day or so. It's been the weather, uh, very volatile weather we've been seeing uh, for the right. past month or so. Uh, Seoul said that it will issue a cold wave alert uh, for the uh, over the weekend here. It's been uh, relatively warm yesterday. It's getting mm-hmm. a little bit colder with the rain, and now starting on over the weekend, you're expecting some fierce winter weather temperatures uh, coming in here. So yeah, let's get uh, more on the uh, the, the weather.
2: So when the daily minimum temperature is below minus 10 degrees Celsius, for more than two days, the freeze alert level or the cold wave alert is issued, which corresponds to level three of the four-level freeze forecast system. And this winter, the number of people suffering from cold-related disorders such as hypothermia is on the rise. Now, hypothermia is a condition in which the body's core temperature drops below 35 degrees Celsius resulting in chills or difficulty speaking or even a hazy consciousness. So if you notice any unusual symptoms, keep your body warm and seek medical assistance immediately. So the Korea Disease Disease Control and Prevention Agency warned people to be extremely cautious of cold-related ailments this weekend as temperatures are predicted predicted to drop dramatically and because of freeze warning or the cold wave has been uh, issued the freeze response room will be open 24 hours a day until the 22nd to ensure that freezing damage is quickly repaired Uh, that meaning the water uh, meters uh, damage now due to expected increase in freezes and ruptures the Seoul Waterworks Business Headquarters and eight waterworks offices in the Seoul Facilities Corporation plan to organize people into two groups per day to prepare for emergency recovery. So each family must examine the insulation state of the water meter box ahead of time, fill it with insulation, and replace it with new insulation if it, is, uh, it becomes wet. So if the temperature falls below minus 10 degrees Celsius for more than two days, even if the meter box is maintained warm, there is considerable risk of freezing and bursting. Therefore, when uh, going out, switch on the tap water gently and keep it flowing. Now, the Seoul city predicted that if tap water runs for 10 hours, it will cost less than 301 or around 25 cents per day based on residential water charges. So if you suspect freezing or bursting of water meters, such as uh, uh, the glass part of the water meter breaking or swelling, you can report it to the Water Supply Complaint Counseling chatbot, Talk or call the Seoul Dazan Call Foundation uh, 120 or the Water, of, uh, wa- water Office in your jurisdiction.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, tomorrow, it's going to be both the, the freeze warning and the cold wave alerts uh, mm-hmm. because the cold wave alert is if the temperature difference from the previous day, uh, the difference is like more than 10 degrees Celsius or something like that. And then the freeze alert, like you said, if it's uh, negative 10 degrees Celsius for more than two days. But uh, what uh, Seungyeon talked about when it comes to the the, the, the tap runners running, it's usually for, especially for people that live in like villas or like houses, uh, apartment complexes usually are, are okay with this. Their insulation is okay. Uh, but uh, if you don't leave your tap uh, water open. It freezes and it's going to cost you like about $50,000. won. i am used to this uh, back in the day. So that's what's going to happen. But uh, also, uh, for our listeners out there, I know that we're going to get a lot of uh, reports from our uh, reporters here on Arirang Radio. But uh, stay alert. to uh, Get your messages. Get your reports on the weather. Because starting tomorrow, uh, it should be snowing in the early mornings and uh, one of the fears is of course on the roads. you need to be very very careful mm. as uh, any rain and especially combined with the frigid weather or temperatures where it goes under negative 10 degrees it is going to freeze and so a lot of black ice is another thing mm. to look at here. Guys thank you very much for, for your report today stay safe stay warm and uh, we'll see you guys again. Thank, thank you. you.